my eyes are open so much to a different culture, to a different way of being and of living, and I feel so fulfilled by that. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi guys, welcome to How Do You Feel? This week on the podcast, I am going to be sharing with you guys my top 10 traveling tips and holiday hacks to help you get through the holiday season feeling your best self. For a lot of us, the holidays is a really exciting time, but it's also a really stressful time because we're often away from home, we're traveling a lot, schedules are different, there are a lot of people to see, there are a lot of obligations, there are a lot of holiday parties, which might mean different food than we're used to eating and more drinking than we're used to doing during the rest of the year. The holidays is one of my favorite times of the year by far because I love the chance to get to spend extra time with friends and family. I'm obsessed with holiday traditions. I love the coziness of the Christmas tree and the fireplace and all of the things that come along with that, the extra social situations. It's all so much fun. So it's one of my favorite times of year, but over the years, I've definitely learned some things that I can do so that I feel that I'm more in control over my fitness and my nutrition and overall just the way that my body is feeling during the holiday season. These are all things that have worked really well for me and allow me to feel like I'm fully enjoying the holiday season, but also allow me to still feel like myself during the the whole time. So my first holiday hack for you is water. And I put this as number one on purpose because I think it might be the most important thing you can do and it's so simple. When we're traveling, when we're out and about, it's very easy to forget to drink water. So one thing that I do is I always make sure that I have my water bottle with me and it is always full. I have a purse that it fits in perfectly and I take it everywhere I go. So I'm always making sure that I'm hydrating. One thing that I've been doing lately as well is I've actually been using an app to track my water. During the holiday season, I don't track my nutrition or anything like that, but tracking your water is something that's really simple. It gives you a benchmark to make sure that you're hitting each day. And especially when there are lots of other beverages going around, all the wine and the coffee and things that can be very dehydrating, it's that much more important that we get enough water. In addition, in the winter, the air is extra dry, so that can in and of itself be very dehydrating. So we want to make sure that we stay hydrated. It's one of the main things that's going to help you continue to feel good, even if you are drinking a little more alcohol than you would at other times of the year. Number two is sleep. I just released a sleep podcast a couple of weeks ago, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, please go back and listen to it because I tell you all of the reasons why sleep is so important, but especially over the holidays, this is a time when we're supposed to be resting and recharging. Maybe we have some time off work. Maybe we have a little more time to ourselves And one of the best things that you can do with that extra time is make sure you're getting eight hours of sleep a night. During the holidays, I'm definitely up later than normal, 
So one of the things that I allow myself to do is I just, I allow myself to be okay with sleeping in a little bit later because I do want to prioritize getting enough hours. I understand how good that is for me, how important it is. And honestly, sleep is one of those things that's going to affect all of the other things that I'm going to talk about. It allows you to feel more in control of the rest of the indulgences that are surrounding you during the holidays. One of the things about sleep that can be especially hard over the holidays is that you might be sleeping in a different environment than you're used to. So you wanna make sure that you do your best to control the things that you can control about your sleep environment. So making sure that it's really dark, making sure to close the curtains, cover up those extra little lights that might be in your hotel room or in the room that you're staying in. If you have control over the temperature in the room, you want to turn it down so that the room is nice and cool, which is very conducive to helping you get a good quality night's sleep. Ideally, the temperature you're setting it to is 18 degrees Celsius or 65 degrees Fahrenheit. If you're staying in a hotel or in a house where there might be a lot of people staying together, maybe it won't be as quiet as normal, buy some earplugs. You can wear earplugs to help make sure that you don't have extra disturbances throughout the night. Number three is control what you can. While often during the holidays and while we're traveling, it seems like a lot of things that we normally have in lockdown in our normal lives are very out of our control. But you do have control over a lot of things, and often it just takes thinking ahead a little bit. So think ahead by making a stop at the grocery store and buying some really healthy snacks so that way when you're on the plane or you're in between activities or events and you're feeling really hungry, you have an option that you feel really good about that you've already prepped for. That's something that I always do. I always make sure that I have a couple of really healthy snacks on hand for those times when I'm in a pinch feeling really hungry and I just need something to help get me through and nourish my body. If you're traveling with other people or staying with friends and family, make sure that you actually build into your day and voice what matters to you. Does it matter to you to get a workout in in the morning? Great, voice that and make sure it happens. You do have control over those things. It's not that when you're traveling, you have no choice except to throw your hands up and say, well, I'm out of my normal routine, so screw it. You can make those conscious decisions to keep the things that really matter to you in your schedule. So don't be afraid to do that. Whatever makes you feel good, keep doing that stuff even when you're traveling. It might look a little bit different, but it doesn't mean you have to let those things go completely. So control what you can. Number five is stress management. So you wanna control what you can, but don't sweat the rest. The holidays are supposed to be a time of resting and recharging, and one of the things that I think ruins that for a lot of people is they allow themselves to get so caught up in the stress of either traveling or all of their obligations or maybe seeing family members where there's some difficult dynamics or whatever it might be. But a lot of people just feel so stressed over the holidays, and we really need to think about how we can learn to manage that stress during this time. Stress makes everything else worse. When your body is in that stressed out state, you're not going to sleep as well. You're not going to digest as well. You won't be able to recover from your workouts as well. Like all of these things are affected when you're so stressed out. So whatever stress management techniques work for you, make sure to build those in and don't sweat the other stuff that you just can't control. 
Sometimes based on the circumstances of your schedule and traveling, you're just not going to be able to get the workout in that maybe you wanted to and that's okay. There's no need to stress over it. Control what you can and don't sweat the rest. One thing that I feel like I always used to do as well is I used to blow the tiniest things out of proportion. So first of all, I thought that missing one workout was a big deal and was going to affect me on some massive level when that's not true. In the grand scheme of things, if you zoom out and think about all of the things that you do over the course of a year, missing a workout or two is not going to make any difference. Also, indulging in the drink or the snack or the cookie or dessert that is available over the holiday season, indulging in that a couple of times, like it's really not going to make that big of a difference. I used to stress so much about, okay, I would count up in my head, like that was one thing that's out of my routine. That's another thing that's out of my routine. That's another thing. And I just thought that it was the end of the world, like my body couldn't deal with those things. And reality, I was blowing things way out of proportion. Most of these things that I'm talking about are really small in the grand scheme of things, and they're not going to throw you off track or at least not in a way that can't be recovered in the new year once you go back to your normal life and your normal schedule. Number six on my top 10 travel tips and holiday hacks is timing matters. If you are going to indulge in some food and drinks, thinking about the timing that you do that does make a difference. And ideally, you're not indulging in those things right before you go to bed. So When we drink alcohol and then go straight to bed, it affects our sleep so much. You'll notice that you wake up with that hangover, with the headache, feeling a little bit nauseous. It really affects how you feel the next morning. But if you drink a little bit earlier, so maybe around cocktail hour or with dinner, and then you stop indulging a couple of hours before bed, it makes a massive difference in how you feel and how your body responds. So maybe plan those get-togethers a couple of hours earlier and then give yourself a little bit of time before bed to give your body that rest, to digest through some of that food and alcohol. And that's going to make a huge difference. You're going to feel way better. I also always like to give my body at least a 12-hour window of time when I'm fasting. So if I stopped eating at night at 8 p.m., I don't really like to have another bite of food until 8 a.m. just to give my body that resetting. I find that I feel so much more energized when my body has that window of time to rest where it doesn't have to be digesting all the food. So be aware of timing. It really does matter. Number seven is cook at home. A lot of times when we're out and about traveling, it's very easy to eat every single meal out at a restaurant. But remember, when you're eating food out of at a restaurant, you have no control over all of the ingredients, over the methods of cooking and preparation that have gone into that food. You can't control what's fried and in what oils. You don't know what's in those sauces. So especially if you're with friends and family, maybe consider changing from going out to eat with everyone to preparing a meal at home together. That experience, that shared experience is so good for relationship building, and it's also going to be way more nourishing for your body. Number eight is nothing is off limits. This is something that I did not necessarily live by in years past, but Nothing is off limits 
Instead, make sure that you're still getting those things that are going to be really good for you. So instead of skipping out on the dessert or the eggnog or the wine, I'm just making sure that I'm getting enough water, adding in those fruits and vegetables, really nutrient-dense foods so that I know that my body has the nutrients it needs to regulate some of my body systems, to make sure that my digestion is still working well. And so I can then feel good about the indulgences that I am going to partake in. The minute that you say, I can't have dessert, or I can't have the bread, or I can't have the croissant, or whatever it is, the minute that you say that, it becomes restrictive and it'll start to occupy your thoughts that much more. It'll be that much more challenging for you to sort of regulate your hunger and the choices that you're making around food. So don't put those limits on yourself. Allow yourself to indulge when you want. Make sure you're checking in with your body. You're trying to do this as intuitively as possible in a way that's going to make you feel good and satisfied. But Add in the good stuff. Make sure you're still thinking about nutrient density so that your body is getting everything that it does need to feel really good. Number nine is keep up with your mindfulness practices or your journaling or whatever it is that you do to check in with yourself on a daily basis. Give yourself time to breathe. I think when we're out of our normal routine, often we allow some of these habits that we've built up to go away for a little while. And something that I've found that I really enjoy is keeping the consistency of journaling and allowing myself the time to set some daily intentions. It just gives me a chance to breathe and it gives me a chance to feel like I'm making mindful choices that I can be proud of throughout my day. My world doesn't feel so out of control when I give myself that time to reset, to think, Because inevitably when things are so hectic over the holidays or when you're on a trip, time flies. So these practices are what really allows it to slow down. Give yourself that chance to breathe, to check in so that you are being mindful and you know you're making choices that you want to be making. Number 10 is eat balanced meals. This is so important for your blood sugar regulation. You want to make sure that you're balancing carbs with fats and proteins. So all of the macronutrients should be present in your meals and should be present in the snacks that you're eating. What this does is it allows your blood sugar to stay at a really good even level and it'll sustain your energy throughout the day. A lot of times when you're traveling and over the holidays, there are a lot more carbs around than normal. Many of the treats that we love to indulge in are very carb heavy. That's great. Eat those things. But can we balance them out with a fat or a protein or something that's going to help us to make sure that our blood sugar is being regulated? For example, if you want to have a croissant in the morning, that's awesome. But if you have that croissant by itself, what's going to happen is your blood sugar is going to spike really high and then your pancreas is going to release a lot of insulin in response to that, which is going to make your blood sugar crash down really low and you're going to have a pretty severe energy dip. However, if you had a couple of hard-boiled eggs and some avocado with that croissant in the morning... You're going to digest those carbs a lot slower and your blood sugar is not going to spike like crazy and then the insulin release will be a little more steady and you won't have that energy crash afterwards. So just thinking about eating really balanced meals, even if we are eating more carbs. The first meal of your day is so important for this. 
I find that when I'm traveling, that often it's at dinner where I'm out or I'm eating things that are a little more indulgent and different than I would in my normal life. But if I start my day off with a really good quality breakfast or lunch that I feel great about, I've already done something in my day that's setting me up for success as far as nutrition is concerned, and I feel way better about that different meal that I have for dinner. All right, guys. Those are my top 10 tips for you. I hope that they were useful. Try them out this holiday season. Be aware of these things. If any of them are especially useful for you, I would love for you to reach out and let me know about that. I want to hear your stories. If you have any tips that I missed, I would also love to hear those as well. Okay, the next segment of the podcast, I'm going to bring on my husband, Eric, because we just went on a three-week Europe trip, and a lot of these things were things that we thought about. So we're going to talk about our trip, we're going to give an overview of where we went and what we did and give you guys some highlights if you're interested, and then we're going to talk about how we felt we did with these 10 traveling tips. I'm here with Eric on the mic now, and we are going to give a little rundown of what our three-week trip to Europe looked like that we just got back from. Thanks for hopping on with me, babe. What's up? How's it going? Great. I'm excited to kind of relive this trip and share it with people. We started in Paris, and then we made a stop in Amsterdam, and then the point of the trip was really to go to Spain. So we spent two full weeks in Spain, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, we loved it. I mean, it's a trip we've been talking about for a long time, right? To finally make it happen uh, was a dream come true for both of us. Mm-hmm, for sure. Why was it so important to you that we go to Spain? Well, I mean, first of all, you studied abroad in Europe, what, five years, six mm-hmm. years ago? And you loved it. And we had both separately been to Europe. But I had been to Madrid, but that was the only place in Spain I had been, and you'd never been. So... I just loved the country. I fell in love. I was so young when I when I went there. I was like 16 years old, but I could just it just felt different than all the countries I had been at that point. And on top of all that, their their soccer culture is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really wanted to go see some games to experience that culture and see, in my opinion, the greatest soccer player to ever play uh, play live. And that's Lionel Messi. So for me, that was a big motivation. But Uh, obviously there was a lot of more fun things that we did as well Mm -hmm. so those were highlights for you obviously the soccer games were big highlights tell us about some other highlights from the trip what things stand out well first of all the the soccer games you touched on for people that don't know we went to go see a uh, fc barcelona game uh, champions league game at home home being in barcelona which was incredible (laughs) i loved it Uh, it was an incredible atmosphere Uh, they won I think 3-1, uh, so it was fun. And then uh, when we were in Madrid, we went to an away game for them at Atletico. So those were awesome. But some other highlights for me were just really just trying to dive into what the culture is for them, right? There's so many things that are different than the way that we live our lives. For example, eating dinner like with families and you're seeing families out from 9, 10 o'clock, where for us it's like 6 o'clock bedtime for family so just seeing those things experiencing the culture uh tasting the food which was incredible eric loved the ham (laughs) yeah i mean look if you love ham and cheese sandwiches spain is the country for you and i do so the food was amazing so that's definitely a highlight for me (laughs) yeah the tapas culture is so cool and the way that they kind of 
pick at small plates all evening and it also allows you to go to a couple of different restaurants and see a couple of different places. I just thought that was so fun and such a cool way to see different neighborhoods and different styles within the same city on that same night. Yeah, and so for anyone who doesn't know what tapas are too, like it's very much coming into North American culture. Some of it in an original way and some of it in a, in a North American style way, but it's basically just small plates, right? And so we had heard a lot about this idea that you order a drink and then they just give you food. And we were so interested to find out what that was like. And we learned that it wasn't like that everywhere, but in some places we got to experience that and just to learn again how they eat was was so interesting. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. It's so interesting to see those different cultural things because it really opens your mind to the fact that everything that we do is informed by culture and we don't realize it. We take these things for granted. We just assume that everyone eats the way that we do. Everyone has fun the way that we do and those things are actually all very cultured. And so to go see something that's so different, all of a sudden your mind is open to that there are a thousand different ways to do any given thing. So I thought that that was pretty cool. And I loved seeing the differences over in Spain versus how we do things in North America. Yeah, I think you. That, I'm glad you brought that up because for me, and I think we've talked about this a lot before, but that right there is, is why you travel, right? There's so much to learn from from different cultures, from different countries, from different people. And if you're, you're in your own little bubble, whatever that bubble may be, however big that bubble may be, uh, there's so much more to learn and so much more to see and experience from, from traveling. And that's something that you and I both have always had in common, the, the love to do that. And uh, this trip was no different. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite city that we went to? So we went to four cities in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. Madrid, Barcelona, Sevilla, Granada, which were also different, but also beautiful. Uh, and then we went to Amsterdam and the Netherlands, and we went to Paris and France. And again, they were also different, even within a country, like I said. But for me, it, it was Barcelona. I think it had so much hype uh, from what I had heard from the the games and that I wanted to experience. And it had a lot of hype, but it somehow lived up to it. And a lot of times that's really hard mm-hmm. uh, with cities that you've wanted to go to so long. And it just had everything that, that I love about a city. It had water. We actually had some sunlight, which was not common throughout our entire trip. The culture was just so cool. So I, I love that city. What about you? Yeah, that one was my favorite too. I think we were totally on the same page there. It was just such an amazing mashup of a a big modern city with like very cool places to eat and things to try and that traditional European feel. And somehow it felt like a beach town, a very laid back, like cool, easygoing beach town all in one. And that was just such an awesome combination of things. And yeah, I think that we both agreed that that was our favorite. So much so that we extended our trip even longer in Barcelona last minute because I just felt like we weren't ready to leave yet. It was one day longer in case he wasn't happy about that. But I wanted to stay for a whole week longer. (laughs) But we wanted to pop over to Madrid. I had been there, and so I, I told her, look, I know you love this city, but but you're gonna love this one as well. And so it was it was again really cool to see the differences in all of those cities. Yeah, Madrid and Barcelona were very different, but both awesome. I loved the the comparison that you made. Whereas if Miami is Barcelona, then New York is Madrid, and that's like kind of a way to to think about how different the cities are, but both right. so awesome. Right. 
And the game that we went to in Madrid, I thought was the best one that we went to. The atmosphere at that Atletico game was riveting. Like I was so captivated by it. I've never seen anything like it or been in a sporting atmosphere that's even close to like that. The fans were so dialed in and so energetic and they were all so well informed about the game. Like they're there to watch the game, Mm. right? Um, and it was it was crazy that the stadiums are actually alcohol free there. Yeah. So people don't go like in North America when you go to a sporting event, you go to have a good time and have a beer with your friends. Like people are going to watch the game. Like there's no mm. fluff, you know, and and to experience that sort of like dialed in energy was really cool. Yeah, for sure. It's like what we talk about with the examples of different cultural things throughout different countries right and that's just another example of it and through sport there's so many ways that you can see these little microcosms of culture and and that was just one way for us that that was amazing because like you said in North America like if you go to a Raptors game for example half of the time you go there for is the is the in-between timeouts and the halftime show and the music Mm -hmm. and you know some people go there just to be seen things like that whereas it's not like that in Spain. You go and, and like you said, and, and even in Barcelona to an, a more extent, you just go and you sit and you watch the game and you cheer when things are going well and, and you bark when things aren't. And so it was awesome. I'm happy you got to see it. It was amazing for me to see and uh, an experience that we'll never forget. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love that we did is we did little organized tours in most of the cities that we went to. So we went on a couple bike tours, which I know I kind of pushed you to do because that's like right up my alley. Maybe like a little bit. It's not maybe something that you would have chosen to do on your own, but I think it was such a cool way to see a couple of those cities. Um, and when you have a guide that's actually there to give you context and tell you a little bit about the city and the history and the culture that's there, I think that you just have so much of more of a rich experience in understanding what the city is like and why it is that way. So yeah, I agree. those are highlights for I, I me, think, for sure. I think I would 100%, like, we're not here to give tips. We're not travel experts by any means. But from our own experience, I think if I were to give one tip, it would be to do that because... You don't have a ton of time, or at least in the in the itinerary that we had, you don't have a ton of time to walk around and see the city in its entirety. I mean, we we tried in Paris, and we took a lot of public transit, and we <laughs> ran around for 48 hours straight, probably. But the bike tours just allowed a local, someone who both times was born there, lived there, knew the country like the back of their hand, or the city like the back of their hand, and was able to show us it in three, four sometimes five hours uh, in a way that it was impossible to do just walking. So it was something that I, I like you said, would have never signed up for for us, but to, to do it, I now understand and appreciate the value that it brought. Mm-hmm, for sure. Let's talk about some of these tips that I just gave everyone. I just gave everyone my top 10 traveling tips and holiday hacks at the beginning portion of this podcast. And some of those things, I definitely think we did very well on our trip and it made us feel really good during the trip. And then there were some that were challenging, obviously, as well, because like you just said, our itinerary was kind of crazy and we had... We were bouncing around from city to city a lot and we packed our days. So obviously these things can be challenging sometimes. But one thing that I think that we did very, very well is we drank a lot of water. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) from the very start, Casey always had a water bottle. And I, at the beginning, was kind of like, it's kind of crazy that she's always got a water bottle. He thought it was aggressive. (laughs) And it's funny that we mentioned that too, because while in North America, 
everything's expensive and water's free. It's it's sort of opposite over there, whereas everything's a bit cheaper. Everything meaning like wine and beer, sure. right? Yeah. In the in the in the food world. Yeah. Uh, but water is something that is not brought to you right away. You have to order it and and pay for it. So again, like having this water bottle was was key to us staying hydrated throughout a busy travel schedule uh, and even at restaurants we'd pull it out sometimes and <laughs> just drink from there because it's hard to think about if you're going 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 so it's I agree. so easy to forget and it's so easy to not think about when you're drinking all of these other beverages like you're having a coffee or two every day you're drinking wine like it's easy to forget about the water but holy crap i think that water was one of the things that really helped us feel good throughout the whole time yeah, we also yeah, we also did a pretty good job with sleep. I know that we had some really early morning flights, which made it hard because we did want to be out at night, and especially in the Spanish culture, they, the nightlife is awesome. Like people are out for dinner late, and then they love to you know stay at the bar and whatever. Yeah, so let's, we wanted to, let's touch on that really quick, actually, because I yeah. think it's fascinating. And we learned it, I don't know, halfway into our trip at Spain, like exactly really what their days look like, mm. because we were like, there's no way that they can be out all day for eight, whatever, 18 hours a day or 14 hours a day or something. It seemed like a longer day than Americans have. And so we were like, what is the secret? What do they do, you know? And In order to be able to stay up, you mean, exactly. until like and 5 a.m. Like, I mean, how these whatever, kids yeah. and parents are able to go to dinner that late and then mm-hmm. function the next day. And we learned a lot about the fact that this all revolved around the sun, right? So a lot of times in Spain, it's really hot in the summer. And so their work culture over there is a lot more relaxed than ours. It's less nine to five, eight to six, whatever it might be. It's more get your work done. And because it's so hot, a lot of times they're in working when the sun is really hot and trying to be out and about when the sun is not as hot, right? Mm-hmm. Also, another thing about it too is that they, they take really long lunch breaks. So they break their day up like that because they think that they can be more productive in their days if they can do that and so they have big meals at lunch and it's what common for two hour lunch breaks three hour lunch breaks something like that and yeah lunch is the biggest meal of the day and then they'll they'll have a long break for lunch and we also noticed that pretty much everyone has a glass of wine at lunch in the middle of the day which which is is fascinating (laughs) including people that are going back to work which sounds ridiculous or not ridiculous but it sounds not right in the u.s whereas over there it's it's just much more relaxed but after they have this big lunch they all not all but most of the time they go take what's it's so famous over here as a called a siesta, right? Just a nap. So that's one little hack that we learned that they do so that they can stay up a little bit longer instead of trying to push their way through it all the time. So we started to try to do that, but obviously you always revert back to your own ways. So Well, we also had so much that we wanted to see during sure. the day. So it didn't always work out that we were able to take that like two hour break in the middle of our day. Right being tourists but um, we also then learned that the way that they eat dinner is they have a very light dinner so the tapas the concept is that you're just picking they called it pika pika you just pick at things you're not having your heavy meal late at night and then that's meant to sustain you late into the night and the way that they approach drinking and the social situations is also much more relaxed so one of our tour guides said that they would never take a shot because they don't drink just to get drunk. They drink to be social with friends. It's more of a slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're out, they're out for four, five, six hours, not just two, three, four hours, whatever it is at the bar that right. our North American culture really, really has. So, 
yeah, that was fascinating to mm-hmm. see. Yeah, that was really interesting. So in terms of tips, I, I agree. I think that sleep was hard, but we sort of, as it went on, started to realize, okay, we're, we're getting to bed later than we want, so we can't just keep going to bed late and then trying to push ourselves to wake up early. We finally just gave in to the concept and the idea that we're going to just sleep in a bit later than we're used to, maybe when we're back home, maybe when we're on our own schedule, and we're just going to try to catch up in our sleep in that way as opposed to sort of trying to force ourselves to get up to accomplish these things while also trying to experience the culture in the way that that they also do it so I agree I think we had to pivot off of what we thought maybe at first what we would do and as you've touched on before on many podcasts and I'm sure you touched on earlier in this podcast sleep is is so important when it comes to rest recovery nutrition your body and so we did, I would say, a good job of that. Not the best job, but, but a good job. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, those early morning trains and flights obviously made that hard. But we also did a really good job of keeping moving. So inevitably, as a tourist, you do a lot of walking. We did a ton of walking every day. But we also kept up on our workouts pretty well. So mm-hmm. in these different cities, we looked up a couple of gyms, which were really fun to check out for me. Some for of them sure. were really cool. Um, and we kept up with our workouts because we both know that Those are things that make us feel good. We didn't sacrifice seeing any of the monuments or museums or going on the tours that we wanted to. We just sort of did the workouts when they worked into our day. And I thought that our approach on that was really good. There was even one morning that we planned to work out, but I just knew that we needed to prioritize sleep more because we were tired and we both just kind of were fine with that. And we did that. So I thought our approach on that was was really good. Yes, no doubt. I agree. My next tip was advice on how to control what you can. I think we did a decent job of planning what we could and trying to work in some healthy snacks and some healthy things when we could. And then we didn't sweat the rest. Um, So I don't think we were stressed when things weren't up to par as in what our normal daily life would look like. Yeah, sure. And our nutrition looks like, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's some days where you can get in more nutrients than than other days and so mindset around those things are so important you you talk about that all the time and when you're on vacation the point is to relax and whatever that means for you is is what that means for you but for us it meant just not worrying as much about getting the macronutrients or the nutrients that we normally always get as often because it's more difficult in your schedule and sometimes it's more difficult to find in, in a foreign country and so like you said, stress is so important, and, and it's funny because most people think when you go on vacation, it's the most stress-free time, but for some people, it's the most stressful time, and uh, I think... So unpredictable. I think Exactly, yeah. and so I think paying attention to that and making sure that you relax and sort of get away from it all is, is so important, and mm-hmm. we tried to do that. Again, I don't think we were perfect, but a lot of we, we did a much better job than we would have ever done in the past, probably, so. For sure. One of the things that they say in South Spain whenever when you're getting stressed out is tranquilo. Tranquilo. And I think we adopted that well, those moments when we felt like we were a little rushed to get to something or, you know, we couldn't figure out our way or whatever. We kind of just were like, you know what? Tranquilo. And we kind of let the stress go and relax that we're doing our best to control what we can. What else did we do well? I kept up on my journal the whole time, which I was proud of. You did. I, I couldn't believe how detailed it was. I couldn't believe how much time it takes. And, and you, you did a good job of finding the times that we were 
traveling like on a train or in a plane or we did a lot of planes trains and automobiles that's for sure (laughs) so you use those time wisely to to get those things done and and for you it seemed like a really cool thing for reflection for times to look back and just remember what an amazing trip this was yeah my travel journal looked a little bit different than my daily journal in life and I, I was recapping what we were doing each day but I was also still setting daily intentions and it was my way to check in with myself and reflect about how I was feeling about everything about things that I wanted to do that day so it kept me very grounded and so it's something that I'm really happy that I kept up with Um, for that and also because now I can look back and I have everything that we did written down so if anyone's going to Spain I got lots of recommendations in my journal for you (laughs) no doubt do you have any other traveling advice for people generally no I mean I think like we've talked about this already on the podcast but traveling just for us is so so cool so interesting the more you do it the more you love it the more you want to do it again and so for some people who are afraid to do it or afraid to put themselves out there or put themselves into a situation where you don't fully know the culture or the language it's just take the plunge Mm -hmm. give it a try and you'll see and and I made the point along the way for you when we went to three different countries that English is so prominent and it's such an advantage as an American and a Canadian uh, that you know English to to be able to survive in these countries. So it's it's mostly just travel. Yeah. I think I think that's such a <laughs> it's such an easy thing to say, but really a lot of people, as we've learned in our lives, don't do it. And uh, fortunately, we have some means to do it. But also finding the time to prioritize it has been been really good. What about you? Yeah, I just think that. There's a balance between planning and going with the flow. I think that when you're in a foreign country, planning is key and doing doing your research and, and thinking about what you want your trip to look like is right. huge. Um, it kind of allows you to have some sort of itinerary. Sure. I think that looking back on the trip, I just feel like my eyes are open so much to a different culture, to a different way of being and of living. And I feel so fulfilled by that. I feel like there was a lot of growth that happened individually for me while we were there, but also between us because it was obviously a challenge for our relationship. We were together for three weeks straight. We didn't get <laughs> sick of each other, <laughs> but didn't. but coordinating everything with someone and understanding someone else's wants and needs throughout all of that, I think it was definitely an experience and something that we both grew from and that brought us together. So just looking back, I, I agree. Just do it like travel it's so easy to get caught in your daily life and just like not plan the trips and not take the time off and not push yourself to do that because it's maybe more comfortable not to do it but you got to do it like you have to travel yeah i i want to also touch on your point in terms of finding a balance with the planning because some people are are extremes in that right some people will plan and will add a lot of stress to their day if they don't hit those plans exactly and some other people will plan nothing and that's great and it sounds great and I'm kind of that way too like let's just get let's just get there and then figure it out but when you're on a time crunch in in cities and you're trying to do all that you can it's hard and and we found out that some of the most beautiful things we've ever seen like La Sagrada Familia uh, some of the cathedrals, some of these things you have to book a couple days, a week, two weeks in advance. And so 
just a little bit of planning goes a long way, I think, is, is a good point. And uh, anybody who wants to do it, we've got plenty of things that we can tell you about, that we can tell you what we thought were, were ways that you can save time, were ways, there were things that you need to see, were things that we didn't feel as much as you need to see. And so, yeah. Yeah, talking to people and getting recommendations is also huge. Sure. Some of the best things that we did were off recommendations sure. from people that had been to those cities previously. So. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and chatting about it. Yeah, it's nice to to put a full story to probably an Instagram story that a lot of people followed uh, (laughs) and saw just little bits and pieces. But it's it's impossible to touch on everything, but it's nice to talk about it. It was a fun trip to to have together and one that we can cross off the bucket list. And I I mentioned on my own story, just a dream trip for me. And I know a dream trip for you and, and something that I feel even more happy and proud that we did now that it's done then then i was excited about even before so Mm -hmm. thanks for having me on of course thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of how do you feel remember a new episode comes out every monday morning so make sure you subscribe on either apple podcasts spotify stitcher or Castbox, so that you don't miss an episode If you have someone in your life that you think would benefit from all the awesome things that we talk about on How Do You Feel and the amazing guests that we have on each week, please share the show with them. All right, guys, I think that's all I have for you. I hope that everyone has an amazing week and make sure you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today. 